Hello, you're listening to Daniel Ball Wrestling, and as you are all well aware, on Friday, probably the thing that most wrestling fans, including myself, have been waiting for, the man over my left, yep, left shoulder, great audio, made his return to the world of pro wrestling, yeah, that's right, August 20th, as we all pretty much expected, but... Still didn't make it any less exciting, did it? CM Punk on August the 20th in the United Center in Chicago. Cult of personality hit and CM Punk walked down that ramp to tears from many in the building, which we're going to get into. But if you're listening to the podcast, which I guess you are, if I'm hearing from you now, hit that like button on YouTube. Find us on Twitter at Daniel Ball. Pod, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, just search Daniel Ball Wrestling. Give us a five-star review as well, because that does help rise us up the charts. Almost on 21,000 followers on Twitter. So if you're listening to the show and you don't follow us on Twitter, it's at Daniel Ball Pod. Yeah, just search on there. If you're going to be a dick on Twitter, bring it on, I don't mind. Don't mind. Been arguing with many this weekend. Many a bitter WWE fan that's bitter about this man making his return to Pro wrestling, but yeah, what a big, big weekend it was. Not only did we have AEW The Last Dance, we had SummerSlam, which it sort of like went underneath the radar, didn't it? Really? I mean, I sat there on Saturday and I was like, it's SummerSlam tonight. Usually it's like a big weekend, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that it wasn't, but SummerSlam itself in the is it the Alliance Stadium, it actually is the biggest selling show in American wrestling that wasn't a WrestleMania this century. How crazy is that? 40, I know the, I know fucking WWE said 51,000. Need to stop swearing for this monetizing. But I know they said 51,000, but it was in fact like just over 45,000 fans um, went into the stadium in Vegas. But yeah, the big news, the big news, come on, it was the night before. So I'm going to rewind the clock, take you back to Friday. As you heard on the podcast last time, we previewed the CM Punk return. How would they do with it? I mean, I pretty much said they need he needs to go out there and talk for 10 minutes or so. That's what we need. We can't just have Punk confronting someone. We need him to go down to that ring, address where he's what he's been doing. We all know what he's been doing, but I mean address what happened the last seven years. And he did that. And I think it was a great promo. It was a great promo, which I'm gonna get into us in a second. But yeah, Friday. Sat there all day excited. I thought I can't wait for this. I messaged my little girl's mum about as soon as I found out about the show, I was like, can't, I can't have her this Friday. I can't have her on the Friday, the 20th. It's like, I just can't. I said, I need to be staying up for CM Punk's return. So I thought, right, a few coffees, a few cups of teas. Do you know what I mean? Bit of caffeine, get myself excited. My mate Liam rings me. All right, ballsy, fancy a pint? I thought, oh no. I thought, shit. I thought, I've not got little girl. It's a Friday. What should I do? What should I do? And I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I said, I can't just go out for one. So I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Went out for one, did I? Had a, few, a nice little German beer, Paul Anna, Paul Anna, whatever you want to call it. I had one of them, and yeah. So then we ended up meeting back up, having two, having three. His girlfriend showed up. I was like, oh, that's it, innit? That's it, I'm out, I'm out. What am I going to do? I'm going to be pissed watching CM Punk's return, but I thought, no. Control yourself. So we came back here to my flat, picked up my fire stick, yeah? Shoved it in his girlfriend's handbag. I thought, no matter what happens, I need this fire stick to be able to plug it in wherever I fucking end up. So, yeah. Gets to about 1 o'clock UK time, something like that. I was like, right, that's it, that's it. We're about eight, nine beers deep at least. And, yeah, went to uh, my friend's house. Yeah. 
Got there, plugged in the fire stick. Apparently you need the same fire stick remote for the fire stick for it to work. So yeah, luckily our fire stick. Sat there, there's other people there. They must be thinking, what is this guy doing? I'm downloading the fire app, which is a lot harder than you'd think after 10 pints on a fire stick. Finding this fire app, remembering your username and password, but yeah, we got it on in the end. And yeah, nobody else who was there had a clue what I was so excited about, but everyone listening does, so yeah. So yeah, that was the night. I'd expecting a nice little quiet night, but hey, let's get into the show. So it comes on, it's three o'clock in the morning. Danny, if you listen, apparently I sent Danny a video of me singing Cult of Personality in a club toilet in Preston. Yeah, great stuff. I'd say I'd put it on, but I'm scared to watch it myself, to be honest. But yeah, let's get into it. I know you like these little intros at the start, but yeah, let's get into the actual show. So Rampage comes on air. Straight away, this, as you heard at the start of the show, if you're on audio, because I'm going to put that in at the start, you just hear rabid. And when I say rabid, I don't mean like, do you know what I mean, a nice pop. These were huge CM Punk chants. The crowd is anticipating it. And then it was just like, what was it, 2014 at the Allstate Arena when they hit the cult of personality. The crowd goes crazy. But unlike WWE, they weren't doing it to teasers. Paul Heyman didn't walk out. MJF didn't walk out. The pop was huge. Who walks out? The crowd get even louder when the one, the only CM Punk makes his way out down that tunnel. And yeah, he's on his knees. He looks emotional. The crowd are going fucking apeshit. With a tear in my eye, I'm thinking, is this seriously happening? Yeah, it is. CM Punk is back in All Elite Wrestling as Excalibur. Yeah, I remembered his name. Excalibur confirms to us and then he dives in the crowd it was a great moment. It zooms into the guy in the crowd. He was, he's crying, yeah. And I've seen all the reactions on social media on Saturday. Having a go at him for crying, mate. He's in the building, yeah, watching a guy who, for all we know, is probably his idol, do you know what I mean? Who a lot of us never thought, do you know what I mean? Danny, you're one of them. A lot of people did not think. I sort of did. I'm going to be honest. I always believed, but I, a lot. It's after seven years. I thought when he first didn't. Do you know what I mean? When AEW started up and Punk didn't come out, he didn't come out for the all in, did he? Do you know what I mean? Before AEW. And then all out. Well, that night, I remember me and Neil, we've been to see Royal Quest. It was that weekend. It was Royal Quest, I think. NXT UK had that show in Cardiff with Tyler Bay, Walter, Ilya against Cesaro. We watched it at like some bar in London. And, um, excuse me. Great audio. It's the pints repeating on me. Um, yeah, so we watched it at a bar in London, and we was like, CM Punk, this is going to be the night. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. Obviously, then we went into the pandemic. And yeah, this was huge. A lot of people didn't think... I'm so all the people having to go with this guy in the crowd. Fuck off. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? It's a huge moment. To me, if you're not passionate about what you love, what are you even bothering doing? If you're not passionate about something, do you know what I mean? Don't... What's the point? Like, football, for me... I go and watch my football team every week, yeah. If I wasn't passionate about them, what would be the point? When we got promoted at Wembley against Swindon, I was fucking emotional. That's perfectly normal. People who are like, oh, you can't cry over wrestling, you can't cry over football. Get a fucking grip, mate. Do you know what I mean? You can't cry over that. What can you cry about? These guys probably saying, oh, you can't cry over wrestling, you can't cry over football. Probably crying at the mate's wedding, the soft bastards. But yeah. So yeah. That guy... I want to find that guy. Do you know what I mean? I've been people have been like saying, "Oh, we're sending him some like custom-made trainers." Like I think Matt Hardy was saying, "Let's find this guy." Tommy Dreamer wanted to find him. Has this guy been discovered on Twitter or what? I don't think he has yet. But 
yeah, what a hero. He even made, he made that moment even more special. But yeah, so they come back from the commercial. He's in the ring. The crowd still going crazy. He comes on. He's talking about how, what, on August 15th. I've listened to this promo so many times. I should really know it word for word. But he talks about on. The first thing he says was, you guys know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Britsburg. So he did say, if you listen to his interview with Tony Khan, he, the first thing that he wanted to say was to put someone over. That's what he's here to do in AEW. He's 42 years old. He doesn't need to be, although I do think he will win the world title one day, he doesn't need to be, do you know what I mean, going over everyone. He'll probably go over Darby Allen, but the main thing, do you know what I mean, you might have, what, five, six years of punk in ring, touch wood. He needs to be putting over guys, making new stars, and that is exactly what you think is going to happen. He started off with Britt Baker. He goes in talking about Darby Allen, challenges him for All Out in, what, two weeks, September the 5th. I'm going to be rough that night as well because me and Neil are going to watch boxing in Leeds the night before, but hey, I will still make it. Yeah, you might have to wait for the podcast for that one a few days later. I mean, I, I, was, I was fully expecting to be sat here Saturday morning, all excited. So here we are Monday, you have to wait three days for this podcast, um, yeah, I hope it was worth it. Um, but yeah, so then Punk, as we said, he was talking about how he let, everyone's like, oh, he has the dig at WWE. What did you expect? I think this was pretty, do you know what I mean? He could have, let's be honest, he, these people sent him divorce papers on his wedding day. He could have gone him worse, but he didn't. He spoke about how he basically sort of apologised to the fans who just said, look, I know like some, a lot of fans, let's face it, give up on CM Punk. Those rabid CM Punk fans at WWE shows over the years gradually turned into like people booing the chant down. And he basically spoke about if he's offended anyone, he wanted them to know that it was for, it was his own mental health that he left where he was. And on August 15th, 2005, he left the world of pro wrestling. And then it, on August 20th, 2021, 16 years later, he's back. So obviously he's basically saying that his time in WWE was not pro wrestling that was sports entertainment, which that's what they say themselves in it. So, yeah, but yeah, for me, the the pop itself, I think, was. I mean, if someone says to me, "What's the biggest pop you've heard in wrestling since, say, the days of Rock and Austin?" You're thinking of, I, I on a WWE basis, AEW probably saying Moxley is the biggest pop when Moxley came down at Double or Nothing in 2019. That's probably the biggest pop I've heard on an AEW. Uh, basis WWE wise, I mean, what are you thinking here? You're thinking Cena at the Rumble 2008, huge pop. This was louder than that. Daniel Bryan, do you remember when he was on the cage against the Wyatt family? The whole Occupy Raw thing. I think it might have been bigger pop than this. Maybe Bryan winning the title at Mania 30. Maybe, maybe. It's tough because you're not actually in the building. I mean, I was there for Mania 33 when Matt Hardy and the Hardy Boys came out. That was that was fucking huge, you know. That was big, big pop. So you had that. That was a big pop. I think this was bigger though. I think this was bigger. Um, but yeah. So for me, this is probably the biggest pop in wrestling. I don't mean I was only ten in the attitude here. I did watch it, but since 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 the days of Austin and Rock, this this for me probably Austin coming out on the milk truck maybe that could be the last biggest pop. So we're talking it's the biggest pop in wrestling in twenty years. So for a guy, Roman Reigns did the interview that CM Punk does not, what was it, he doesn't push the needle. Yeah, I love Roman Reigns, but he doesn't push the needle. 
We're looking for, for a guy who didn't push the needle. Rampage on a Friday night at 10 p.m. 10 p.m. in the U.S. It is estimated they've done 1.16 million views, which is crazy for a Friday night on TNT. Rampage the week before, what did that do? Was it 7.50? Something around that margin. So they've added almost 400,000 viewers. Do you know what I mean? If that is true, it's not been confirmed yet at the time of recording, but it looks well like it could be. That's huge, that's huge. Do you know what I'm saying? The Dynamite rating on Wednesday is going to be really interesting because they've advertised CM Punk will speak on Dynamite. Um, yes, whether they'll put that open the show. I don't think they will because they're not looking at the card and there's not really a card that you'd think is capable, a match that is going to main event Dynamite. So maybe Punk goes on um, last on Wednesday night. But yeah, so that was it. The promo was amazing. It was Punk had tears in his eyes. I had tears in my eyes. That legend in the crowd had tears in his eyes. I mean, you can ask the people, well, the girl that I was with, that promo got repeated on fire. I must have rewatched it about four times. It was on in the background later on in the night. So, yeah, I know that promo pretty much word for word. I've watched it about three times on Saturday, four times on Sunday. So, yeah. So, one of the, so make no mistake, yeah, this... For wrestling, this is a moment in history, yeah? This was a moment that is going to be replayed, spoken about in 15, 20 years. It is. It is. So, yeah, deal with it. But, yeah, I'd say another big part was Edge. I missed that one. Edge at the Rumble was huge. But, yet again, I think this was uh, bigger. Um, uh, what are we going to get into next? I mean, I don't know if you've seen this. So, Punk at the end ended the promo, which was a nice throwback for those of us that was tuning in in 2011. Um, about how he'd actually, what he actually did. This is two years ago. This is it's two years ago. This little bastard, while we're all thinking he's done, two years ago, he approached an ice cream company in Chicago, yeah? And he got, well, I'm guessing 10, 15,000 ice creams made with the logos on. And yeah, so all the crowd got a free CM Punk ice cream bar. That would have cost him thousands of dollars. And yeah, those are the rappers. The rappers. This guy, for a guy who doesn't move the needle, Roman, this guy is selling. Well, he's not selling. People are selling CM Punk ice cream bar wrappers on eBay for $60. I don't think you're going to get ahead of the table ice cream bar on eBay for $60. Might be wrong, but yeah. The CM Punk ice cream bars are going for $60 needle pusher. Yeah. But, love you, Roman, but, yeah, CM Punk pushes the needle. Now, I did agree with what he said. He isn't John Cena and Rock in terms of moving. John Cena, do you know what I mean? Well, I'm, he, he added, like, a couple of extra thousand tickets to some of these shows. We'll see what Punk does, do you know what I mean? We're going to find out in the upcoming months exactly how much of a needle pusher Punk is, but there's no denying that he's not. I mean, T-shirt, CM Punk T-shirt. I was sat there trying to get this T-shirt... 10 pints deep trying to buy a t-shirt on pro wrestling tees is not it's not easy <laughs> i mean especially when the website's crashing the website crashed countless times i eventually ordered this shirt yeah it was you've all seen the shirts basically it's very similar to the one that he wore at money in the bank 2011 i knew as soon as i said it that t-shirt's going to be high in demand i ordered it paid for it still waiting for the refund actually paid for it and then i got an email um about 14 hours later while SummerSlam were on i only seen this on the sunday saying that they had a problem with the system and that the address details hadn't gone through. I think other people had that problem and that they'd voided my order. They'd give me 10% off to order it. So luckily I seen this. I only seen this because I was talking to someone about it. Saw this, ordered the next shirt, and then an hour later they've took the shirts off and they've re-released the ones. Do you know what I mean? I, don't, I prefer the Ringer version to it myself. So, yeah, I was relieved about that because I want this shirt. 
I've got a beautiful enough face to get away with wearing wrestling shirts, so fuck anyone who disagrees. Uh, joking. But yeah, so the rest of the show, the rest of it, I mean, it was going to be hard to follow this. I was thinking maybe it'd come out at the end, but in hindsight, he probably didn't really need to come back out. Um, we had Moxley against Daniel Garcia, but by the time they came back, there was only like 30 minutes left of the show. I mean, we had Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus going over private party. Um, we had Jake Cargill going over Kira Hogan, and then in the main event, John Moxley choked out Daniel Garcia. Fact that I can remember that, I have no notes about that in front of me, I can remember that after Friday, is somewhat of a miracle. But yeah, so that was basically Rampage. For AW, the first dance is going to go down as a historic show, a historic promo. It's exciting to see what's coming next. I mean, reports have come out that, I mean, Meltzer Wrestling Observer, they, they're saying that Bray Wyatt is expected to sign with AEW. Obviously, he's got a 90-day compete. I think he got released, what, three weeks ago. So, probably looking at, like, what, 65 days left or something. I think I feel like it's the end of October. So, you've got Wyatt um, probably going to be in AEW in November. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, is expected to have signed with AEW. That's going to be huge. Maybe not as big as Punk, because the Punk thing was huge, because it was like, will we ever see this guy wrestle again? We all know we're going to see Brian Danielson wrestle again, yeah? Whether it's in WWE, hopefully it's not, because they did not use him to the best of their capabilities, which I'm going to do a whole podcast on at some point, because I still can't get over how they misused him since that return at WrestleMania in 2018. Um, but yeah. Where am I even going with this? Yeah, so Brian, we've got Wyatt coming into AEW, and I've not, I'm full disclosure, TakeOver was last night, um, I haven't, I've only watched the first two matches because I've been busy at work today, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to squeeze those in later on, um, so, I, I mean, I don't know if anyone watched the Nick Khan interview with Ariel Hawani, go and check that out, it's a real eye-opener, they're talking about how NXT don't want guys from the independent scene anymore. They want to get away from that. Um, yeah, so NXT's done. That last that takeover last night, it's the end of an era. 36 takeovers in, and yeah, this will be the last one with, I'm guessing, with independent stars in it, which is a shame. Feel a bit sorry for Triple H, but hey, what can he do? He married into that family, can't come out and say we could. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Being funny, if it was my bird and my bird's dad, I'd just come out, fuck him, but hey. He's, he seems to be a bit more, do you know what I mean, under the thumb than I ever would consider being. Um, but yeah, so that was it. So go and check out that Ariel Hawani interview with uh, Nick Khan. Really interesting. It's only about 20 minutes. You can find it on YouTube. But speaking of YouTube, Saturday hungover. Didn't even go on North End. But I did manage to watch the Tony Khan CM Punk Media Scrum. It's on the AEW Twitter uh, YouTube feed. Go and check that one out. This was really interesting. There was lots of questions in, and it was just great. You can see the rapport between the two. They even Punk joked, well, I didn't joke, Punk remarked about maybe doing the G1. Tony Khan looked as if saying, huh? Don't think so, mate. Can't see him letting him do that. Mate, maybe, I think, as I spoke about on the previous show, I do think CM Punk will make an appearance on in a New Japan show. I think he'll be at a Wrestle Kingdom, maybe not this year, but certainly in a year's time. I'm all for, all card of CM Punk. Um... But yeah, so that is basically AEW The Last Dance now. We're going to get into SummerSlam. And I'm going to be honest, as I say, I was sat there on Saturday thinking, it's SummerSlam tonight. Stadium SummerSlam. It's at a stadium and this is SummerSlam and nobody's talking about it. I'm scrolling through Twitter and obviously I've got like, what, 21,000 uh, wrestling followers following pretty much the same. And I'm seeing nothing about SummerSlam. And I was like, it's just CM Punk, CM Punk this, CM Punk that. Needle mover, yet again. Um, but yeah, SummerSlam itself, it was 
Now, I'm not going to go into huge detail on the show, but I will go through, through some of the results, through some of the matches, through my thoughts on the show. Now, I don't know, I feel like I got interrupted uh, at the start of SummerSlam, like, but I've gone back and watched most of the matches. Um, I did, I think I stayed awake to it. Vince apparently agreed that this was a three-hour show, so in my head I'm thinking, right, if I can make it till four, I've done well. Four o'clock, and I'm halfway through Edge v Seth Rollins, and I thought, I'm going to have to go to bed, so I watched the rest in the morning. Um, but the show itself, you could just see the difference in terms of overness, because this crowd... It wasn't like it was a bad crowd because they did get invested and involved in the matches with the people that they cared about. The opener, Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, one of the most over acts, they were big into that. They had like, what, a six, seven minute match with AJ and Omos. They won the tag team titles. It was very basic, but it was a nice moment. Orton got the RKO for the win while Riddle was on the outside. And I'm thinking, do you know what I mean? Orton's established. Give Riddle the win. Do you know what I mean? But hey. They're the tag champions. The chemistry between the two is great. It was a nice, it was a happy start to the show. They could have probably had a better match, but as I say, the theme of the show was they didn't have enough time. There was like nine matches or something on the show, and there was parts of the show that just weren't needed. Like, they did a Miz and Morrison thing with the New Day. Let's keep that shit for Raw. Nakamura came out, did his entrance with uh, Boogs or whatever. Keep that shit for Raw. Even Marie versus Alexa Bliss. Keep that shit for main event. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I'm watching this. I put a tweet up saying someone was coming to my house, and I'm thinking, I hope that this Alexa Bliss even rematch is over before they get it, because this is fucking embarrassing. The crowd didn't care about it. I mean, I'm looking at the grapple ratings for some of these matches. If you've not downloaded the grapple, I suggest you do so, because um, they basically, they, it's like people rate the matches out of five, and it comes up with an average. It's really good, to be fair. The RK Bro, AJ and Omos match got a 2.8 average the alexa bliss even rematch got a 0.54 average so you can see what they thought of that alexa bliss gets the win and is it dewdrop she saw like semi teases breaking up with eva marie that was weird next we got sheamus versus damien priest another case of now although damien priest has been undefeated sheamus has had a great year the crowd weren't that invested in this they didn't get enough time but at least the right person when damien priest goes over sheamus in a decent match uh, that averaged 3.16 on Grapple. I think I would have gone three stars myself. But at this point, it's just like, when's the show going to kick off? Do you know what I'm saying? We had the Usos versus the Mysterios. We've seen that countless times now. Do we need to keep really seeing that? It it was all right. Do you know what I mean? It was a decent match, but... Do you know I thought even though. Then, fifth on the show, there was rumours going all over Twitter that Sasha Banks was not going to make the show. This is probably the big story coming out of the pay-per-view, actually. So, eight days ago, eight days ago, they knew that Sasha Banks was not going to be able to make it. They pulled Bianca and Sasha off all the house shows, yeah? Right. They advertised Sasha. They advertised this match so far, even though they knew that it wasn't going to take place, that they put the video package on before. Had Bianca come to the ring... And then had the ring announcer say, oh, Sasha Banks can't compete tonight. We've got a replacement, Carmella. Now, all these WWE fans, yeah, apparently this is, it's fine, card subject to change, blah, blah, blah. This was one of the biggest matches on the show. So WrestleMania main event rematch, yeah. People, no matter what you say, people will have bought tickets to see this match. Make no mistake about it, right? As a dad to a little girl, I'm thinking, Sasha Banks is probably, do you know what I mean? Little girls will like Sasha Banks, yeah. 
there's probably going to be some poor little girl or boy in that crowd, yeah, who's really excited to see Sasha Banks. Parents are telling her that she's on the show. She's in one of the main matches. WWE knew she wasn't going to be there and continue to advertise. That kid, that kid is probably devastated that he didn't get to see one of his heroes. Instead, do you know what I mean? What they did, yeah, Bianca versus Becky Lynch is a big match. But, I mean, I put a poll up and 80% of WWE fans thought it was acceptable to do this. Now, They've been trained over the last 15 years that it is acceptable to do this, but it's not. It's not. It's just blatant false advertising. But if you accept it, it's like a bird. If a bird, a bird, a girl walks all over you and as a lad, you accept that, yeah? She's going to think it's all right to do. So if WWE fans think it's a letting WWE think that it's acceptable, then they're going to continue to do it. So make your bed, you're lying it, don't you? But yeah. Um, so we ended, the result of this was Becky Lynch makes a surprise return. I don't want to get flamed down. She's just had a kid. You could tell she wasn't in peak physical condition like she used to be. There's nothing wrong with her. She's fit. But, do you know what I mean? She didn't look in ring shape. So I'm watching it. I'm thinking they're going to do short match here. Maybe they'll let them go four or five minutes. But no. Becky Lynch beats the woman who... Won the title at WrestleMania and got herself over in the process. Beat her in 30 seconds. The babyface, Becky Lynch, makes the, a triumphant return after pregnancy. They could have done a whole story of a big, you know what I mean, a big role to how she wants to get the title back that she had to give up, which was the Raw Women's title, by the way, not the SmackDown Women's title. But she just comes out, she cheap shots Bianca and wins. It's like... Do you just try and find ways to get your baby faces booed? Now, I'm not suggesting Becky Lynch is going to get booed, but there is the potential to do that. Do you remember, do you remember how many baby faces have done the two? Seth Rollins, over as fuck, yeah? They start messing about with him, he ends up getting booed. Roman Reigns was along that way. Do you know what I mean? Fuck me, these bastards got Rey Mysterio booed. Now, I'm not saying Becky Lynch is going to get booed, but there's a lot of haters online about how why you're putting Becky over Bianca. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if you... When, when Becky comes out on SmackDown, next time she comes out... I think you might hear a couple of boos in that building. Maybe it'll get Bianca more over, but you're damaging Becky in the process. But yeah, I mean, if you're not seeing the Nikki Bella interview, you need to see that. Um, Nikki Bella basically got asked, I think, on the red carpet, what was her favourite moment from SummerSlam? Now, you could tell she'd had a few pints, but a few wines, maybe. She was like... Well, to be honest with you, I'm not annoyed about the finish to the Becky-Bianca match. How could they do that? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, what is going on here? She was like, I, have, I didn't have a favourite moment from SummerSlam. I thought, this is brilliant. Nikki Bella turning on WWE. Funny as hell. Join, join Brian in the AEW if you want. But yeah. So yeah, that was interesting. It'd be interesting to see where they go. I do get it in a way. It does start off a nice story. Do you know what I mean? Bianca now has a reason to chase Becky for the title. It's not what I would have done, but... I wouldn't have done it. They're at the risk of having Becky booed. They've made, they buried Bianca, but there's a story to tell now. So we'll see. We'll see how they go. We'll see if they mess it up. Drew McIntyre defeat Jinder Mahal in four minutes. Well, I, I, I don't know why. They, do you know what I mean? They didn't have time to have a good match. They had a good match on Raw the other week, but they just didn't give him enough time. Four minutes, what are they meant to do with that? You could have given him 10 minutes and not had the Miz and Morrison come out. You could have given him 10 minutes and had Nakamura's entrance. You could have just, do you know what I mean? Just fucking hell. But yeah. Uh, next, I mean, this match next, Charlotte. Charlotte versus Nikki A.S.H. versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. This had like been built up in the main event spot of Raw for a couple of weeks and it was, it was all right. I mean, I think I went like 2.75. Grapple have gone 2.93. 
I mean, I was listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast, great podcast. If you don't listen to that, go and check them out. And they've been saying, put your money on Charlotte Flair on the betting lines because she was a minus 250 um, underdog, which I think minus 250 is like 5 to 2, 2. Well, 3.5 for people who are into UK betting. Um, and yeah, Charlotte won. What is she, 12-time champion now? They're fully on the way to trying to get her to match a dad's record but for me it was just like you put this effort into building up Nikki sure she'd been getting booed on the house show just to give up on it after a month it's like what was the point we're now what we're going to go back to now Charlotte versus Rhea Charlotte versus Oscar Charlotte versus Nikki just dumb just dumb um Edge versus Seth Rollins this was a dream match for many I remember when obviously this all started in what 2014 when Rollins could have stomped on Edge's head on that chair. Edge has obviously made his return since. They did a spot on SmackDown where blood was poured on Rollins from the ceiling. The, probably one of the moments of the show was Edge coming out to the brood music. Uh, that was great stuff, that. Great stuff, that, that theme. What a theme. Amazing theme. Great to see. This was a great moment. And um, one of the reasons they did it, I think, because there was no pyro. They weren't allowed pyro. They didn't even have a set or a stage or anything, which was weird to see. It's weird because the building, yeah, apparently holds, like, you can fit 60 to 65 in for, like, these wrestling shows. Maybe even more. 45,000. I didn't see many empty seats, so that was a little bit weird. But the match itself, I mean, I tweeted out a few people give me abuse, but I don't really care, as you know. I'd sum up this match by saying it was a really good match. Good, but forgettable. And people are like, huh? How can you mean that? Mate, I'm sure we've all had a good time at some point and forgotten about it. But what I'm saying is... In, it was. It's not a match of the year contender. For these matches on your second biggest show of the year, an Edge versus Seth Rollins, yeah, it was good. But you're hoping for more than good. WWE fans seem to accept. Do you know what I mean? If it was, this, I, I, do you know what? I'm sick of having to apologise for compared. This was AEW, and this was say a big Kenny Omega match on pay per view, and it was averaging three point seven seven on Grapple. I went three and a half stars myself. You'd be like a bit disappointed. This is a huge match. Years in the making. Edge versus Seth. It was good, but it didn't hit that match of the year level, which is, it's fine. It was very good, but it just depends about your expectations. If you're happy with mediocrity, then every power to you. But I was a little bit, I was hoping for more, but both guys were great in the match. But I say it's not a match of the year contender. Good, but forgettable. In three years' time, I'd be like, oh yeah, Jim Rollins had a match at SummerSlam. Do you know what I mean? Daniel Bryan and The Miz. They had a big match at SummerSlam that was good but forgettable. That I'd forgot had even happened until I got reminded the other day. And then I thought, oh yeah, that was actually good that. But I'd forgotten about it. Good but forgettable. Yeah, does happen. Fucking hell. Right. Lashley. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg for the WWE title. Now this match, I'm not even sure how long it went. I think it went about seven or eight minutes. As we're all used to and accustomed now to seeing these Goldberg matches being what... About three minutes, four minutes. The Goldberg Lesnar match I was at at Mania was four or five minutes. That was great. It needs to be bang, bang, bang because Goldberg can't. You don't know what he wants to see Goldberg sell. This reminds me a bit of what they did with him in 2003 when he made his comeback, if you remember, when he was like, do you know what I mean? Selling, he was in like 15 minute matches with Triple H, which was dumb at the time. And yeah, you normally want to see um, Goldberg sell, but. <laughs> I think it was the right decision to keep with the title. And Lashley, we predicted that if you listen to our preview of SummerSlam, the title was always going to stay on Lashley. Um, and yeah, so basically what happened was you could sell, basically, at first, Goldberg did do, every credit to him, he did a good job selling um, the knee. 
and eventually it was a referee stoppage. I'm not sure if you want a referee stoppage in your WWE title match at SummerSlam. I tell you what, at SummerSlam, there's a bit of like a routine going on of either the WWE or the Universal title match having a dodgy finish or like a DQ or something like that. One of them always seems to. Remember the AJ Styles Joe DQ the other year? Um, but yeah, so the match itself was... Grapple gave it 1.29. I thought it was a bit better than that. 1.75 gold. Goldberg selling was good, although we don't want to see Goldberg sell. Goldberg looked great. He was in great shape for 54 years old. Um, and Lashley went over, so what? there's not that much to complain about. Lashley chokes out Gage after the match. Setting up the rematch, we found out they're going back there for the Saudi show in October. So, yeah, looks like we are getting Goldberg versus Lashley 2 in Saudi Arabia. Main event, main event time. Can I need to worry up me? West Ham Leicester kicks off in 18 minutes. And it is one of the biggest matches that you could possibly do in wrestling. John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. I liked it. I thought it was really good. As I say, it wasn't a match of the year contender, but I wasn't really expecting that to go into it. I just wanted a really good atmosphere. And like I said, the fans were shit throughout the show. I tweeted out these fans are bored, yeah? But for the matches they cared about, Roman Roman Cena, um, Edge Rollins... And the RK Bro match they were into. They were into booing Goldberg because they cared. The other matches they didn't care about, yeah? That's the difference. I'm not apologising. AEW, the crowd care for pretty much every match on their pay-per-views, yeah? Maybe, maybe I've... Maybe they do, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But the crowd did not give a shit about half of the show. But it did pick up. This Roman Cena match, it was really slow in the beginning... There was a lot of, do you know what I mean, Roman talking, all this stuff, which people love. I'm getting a bit tired of it, but hey, we're not in the pandemic era anymore, so he doesn't really need to rely on it as much, but it seems to be in his arsenal now. This match was sort of like, it was sort of like the Superman punch versus the FU, because Roman, how many times did he hit that Superman punch? I think Cena hit about three FUs, including Roman kicking out from a top rope. FU, it's attitude adjustment apparent in it, but it'll always be the FU to me. But yeah, the last six to seven minutes of this match were great. The crowd are really into it. It was brilliant. I went four stars on this. I am a bit biased because I do love both guys. I love this Roman heel run. I think I just really... <laughs> I get pleasure out of seeing John Cena cheered. He was booed for all them years while he was the top guy in the company. He was putting on the best matches in the company apart from Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. I don't... I mean, how many four-star matches has John Cena had in the main event of a pay-per-view where every one of his matches got a great reaction from the crowd? I always said, you will miss him when he's gone, which was proved to be correct because now he's back. He doesn't get any boos. Um, But yeah, this was... This was really good match. Roman Reigns wins with just one spear. You didn't need to have Cena kicking out of the spear. This was great. Greatly booked. Great finish. Really good match. Match of the night for me. As I say, I'll forget about Edge Rollins. I'll probably remember the Roman Reigns-John Cena match. Now, the big story of the night was, we sat there, Roman stood over John Cena. What do we hear? Da, 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 da. Brock Lesnar makes his return to WWE. The last time we saw him was putting over Drew McIntyre. Remember that guy? Remember when he put over Drew McIntyre? Now he's in a four-minute match with Jinder Mahal on the undercard. Two, no reaction. That was worth it, weren't it? Well... Brock Lesnar is back. Ponytail and all. He stole my old hairstyle. He must have been listening to the podcast. Um, He comes out and he looks huge. He's an absolute tank. And I'm thinking, yeah, Brock is back in WWE. Great. Great. I mean, there was rumours he was going to AEW. 
I'm not sure if that was the best fit. I want to see Brock versus Roman. The Heyman, do you know what I mean? The whole, the whole Heyman stuff is going to make this worth it. As I said, I mean, you, if you go back three years, listen to our review of WrestleMania 34. There's me and Sean and Danny, and I'm having a go saying, we don't want to see Roman v. Lesnar. That's why we're booing. That's why we're throwing fucking beach balls and chanting for Johnny Gargano. And it's a message saying we don't want to see babyface Roman versus um, heel Lesnar, where they bottled the win anyway, right? They bottled putting Roman over. Now, it's ready. Roman is a monster heel. Lesnar is just a fucking monster. We've got Heyman in the middle. Is Heyman going to side with Roman? Heyman going to turn and go with Lesnar? Do you know what I mean? That It's going to be great. Now, when we're going to see it, people are thinking... It was, I mean, let's not forget, they did bring Lesnar back. The Raw after WrestleMania 28, Yeah. He was facing at Extreme Rules, which is the next pay-per-view. He was facing Cena on that pay-per-view. It's not out of the question they do that, but they do have the Roman Balor feud set up for a reason. I think it is that. I don't think they'll do that. Maybe they'll do it in Saudi. You know what I mean? Maybe they just paid Lesnar to come back for Saudi. I think you're going to find that if Roman faces Lesnar and they don't leave that match in Saudi for a rematch, we're getting the Rock at Mania. The Rock is tied in for WrestleMania if Brock and Roman go in Saudi, and they don't set that match up for a rematch. However, I'm on the side of go and be on the side of caution because the amount of times I've heard, oh, Rock's meant Rock was meant to be wrestling in the main event against Triple H at WrestleMania 32. He didn't. He just had what a five second match with Eric Rowan. The amount of times I've heard, oh, it's a big arena. The Rock's coming back, big stadium. I've just got a feeling The Rock ain't coming back this WrestleMania. I think if it's going to happen, it might be in LA. But maybe people are saying maybe he'll want the stadium record in Dallas. He's already wrestled in that building in Dallas. I mean, I'd take it because I'm probably going to be there. Although, the fact that Punk and Brian are in AEW is making me think, do you know what, should I just go to a diff- another AEW pay-per-view instead of Mania? But I do love a bit of Mania weekend. But my prediction is they're going to somehow hold this off. I think they just got Brock out as a reaction to CM Punk. As I said... WWE fans should be thanking AEW because I'm telling you right now, without AEW, there is no way that Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar return on the same show. That people, some dickhead, no offence mate if you're listening, some guy was messaging on Twitter, commenting the thing saying, oh this has been planned out for months. It's like, do you watch WWE? (laughs) There's nothing planned out for months. If you think that Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch returning on this SummerSlam show has been planned out for months, you're deluded. It hasn't been planned out for much. That's why Becky came back and won in 30 seconds. It was a last-minute decision. She hadn't got time to get into ring shape. Brock Lesnar coming out. That was rushed as well. You could see Lesnar. I mean, yeah, he looked great in the pictures, but he was a lot bigger than he normally was. Why would they bring him back at SummerSlam, yeah, if they're not going to have a match on the next pay-per-view, which it doesn't look like they're going to have? Those two were brought back as a reaction to Punk, yeah? This is why, when AEW was formed, people saying, this is great. WWE are going to have to be better because there's competition. I mean, they've not been better. But things like this, when everyone's talking about AEW, they're going to react because that's what Vince has been taught to do. So, yeah, you wouldn't have seen Brock. Maybe you would have seen one of them, but I still doubt that. Um, but, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. For Extreme Reels, what they're going to need Lashley against... They're just going to put a filler opponent in for Lashley. Balor's going to be facing Roman. The big show's going to be that Saudi show, which never seems to deliver match quality-wise, but we're probably going to be getting Roman against Lashley at Survivor Series, although Vince is prone to change those matches. Heel versus heel and all, so maybe he will change it. I tell you what, the draft's coming up, so what I was thinking you do, 
I mean, get RK Bro on SmackDown. You can have Riddle versus Roman for a month. You can have Orton versus Roman for a month. Do you know what I mean? Get Drew on SmackDown. Drew versus Roman for a month. And then send some of the guys that have been feuding. Your Owen, Kevin Owens, people like that. They can feud with Lashley. Just swapping, rotating, which is fine because they just want to get to WrestleMania. And I think it's either going to be Mania next year. It's going to be Rock versus Roman. Lashley versus Brock. Or... Reigns versus Lesnar, and then Lashley, I don't know. Enter name of legend coming back. Maybe Cena versus Lashley, and Brock versus Roman at Mania, but because they don't have any guys there ready to, do you know what I mean, ready to do, ready to just take that Mania spot. There's no guys in the main roster except, do you know what I mean, a Roman Reigns. Maybe, maybe Seth Rollins. Maybe we'll get that feud coming up. But, hey, Edge went over Rollins, so Rollins has no reason to be challenging for a championship at the moment, but this is WWE, so who knows? Overall show, give it, yeah, can't quite give it a six. Give it a five point eight, just to be awkward. Five point eight out of ten. Thumbs in the middle. It was bits of the show were memorable. It was memorable, but the match quality didn't deliver. It was like a mania when we got moments without that match quality, and we do usually get better matches than this at WrestleMania. So I can't give it a thumbs up because there was only one match that I thought was really good. One match was good. The rest were not really good. Do you know what I mean? You can't you can't have call should give a show a thumbs up if only two matches you'd give three and a half stars or more to. But the moments of Becky returning gave us talking points, as you can see, because I've been talking about it now for God knows how long. Becky return, the Brock return are gonna be memorable moments. So yeah. Great weekend of wrestling. We've got Punk back, we've got Brock back, we've got Becky back. But more importantly, we've got Punk back. CM Punk is back in wrestling. That was your big weekend of wrestling in the summer. We go into September now with a big show at Arthur Ashe Stadium. We've got All Out in a few weeks. Extreme Rules in September. Saudi show in October. It's going to be an exciting few months in wrestling. I'm all for it. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. www.patreon.com forward slash Daniel Ball. Wrestling, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the show. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If I've offended anyone, I really don't apologise. And yeah, enjoy the show. I will be back. I'm going Morecambe tomorrow, actually, to watch North End. So I'll probably be rough watching Dynamite on Wednesday. I'll try and do a show on Friday. We will see. But yeah, I'll be back at some point next week talking about the first week of CM Punk. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. Five-star review. See you later.
Mercer's muffled. 